bargaining posture is highly dubious, but very well. I will provide you with a new body and new troops to command. City of Seattle, it's the Mike Cyber Radio Podcast. Your home for pop culture, Transformers, independent artists, interviews, Transformers, and stuff and things. Also sometimes Transformers. And now, here he is. They call him Mr. Fahrenheit, Mike Seibert. Thank you, and welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host, If you'd like to get a hold of me, I'm at Mike Seibert Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, call the Mike Seibert Radio voicemail hotline, 231-224-MIKE. That's 231-224-6453. And right into the mailbag, Mike Seibert Radio at gmail.com. And the spelling on that is S-E-I. B-E-R-T, uh, in no way affiliated with our friends at Sabertron.com, and that's exactly the way it sounds. This week, my guest is Diecast from Radio Free Cybertron, tfradio.net, and reviews by Diecast, and we're talking about the effort to hashtag get Unicron made via the HasLab crowdfunding program from Hasbro. That's going to be a lot of fun. All of that and more on this all-new episode of Mike Seibert Radio, but first, let's kick things off with some shout-outs. Shout it, shout it, shout it out So, real quick, I want to thank everyone who made it out to Cybefest Northwest 2019 this last weekend celebrating all things Transformers with a Pacific Northwest spin. Uh, This was the sixth year of the unofficial Transformers convention at the Kent Commons Community Center, and thanks to you for making it such a huge success. So, I wanted to shout out guest of honor David Kay for being as warm and as gracious and amazing as his reputation precedes him. I I, I gotta tell you, I'm really interested now in giving Beast Wars another shot as well as finally getting into Transformers animated just based on how cool David Kay was in person, uh, obviously being the uh, voice actor of Beast Wars Megatron and animated Optimus Prime, as well as uh, uh, several other uh, awesome roles throughout his uh, prolific uh, career. A really cool guy. Um, Also want to take the opportunity and thank all of my guests from last week's podcast episodes, including Magnus Von Braun, Mahalo Mike, Ryan King, Scott Hanline, uh, all of them for jumping on real quick uh, on short notice for helping me get the word out about Cybefest with all of those awesome interviews. Um, Also, my panel about Transformers the movie went really well, and I want to thank everybody for their support and encouragement. Um, I don't think that's a thing that would have come to be without uh, uh, with my, my friends and loved ones uh, encouraging me to do it. So uh, 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 thanks all of you uh, for that. Uh, look for that podcast next week, just in time for the anniversary of Transformers the movie. And also thanks again to Gregor from 1077 The end for uh, shouting out Sidefest on his live radio show and uh, also for talking about his podcast uh, where I was a guest. He invited me up and we built Combiner Wars Devastator. Uh, uh, more than a few Sidefest attendees mentioned that that's how they heard 
about Cybefest Northwest, which is super rad. And of course, shout out to Ben and Liz and all of the incredible staff and volunteers for putting together an amazing show, as well as the incredible vendors, exhibitors, artists, panelists, and attendees that made this the biggest, most successful Cybefest yet. Oh, and uh, uh, thanks to Alex for giving me a great deal on all those alternators. Stay tuned after the feature for more great previews. And now, our feature presentation. I am Unicron. Show yourself. The Lord of Chaos, the Planet Eater, the Chaos Bringer, Unicron stands alone as the most menacing figure in Transformers lore, capable of devouring entire worlds and civilizations. He debuted in the 1986 film The Transformers the Movie, and his insatiable appetite nearly brought the entire universe to its knees. But his legacy transcends both space and time. I have summoned you here for the purpose. Now, Transformers fans might be mere humans inhabiting a minuscule planet hardly worth consuming, but they are some of the most passionate fans out there. That's why HasLab, the Hasbro Pulse crowdsourcing platform, is the place to awaken such a massive project. Introducing the first ever Transformers HasLab project, Transformers War for Cybertron Unicron. Then it pleases me to be the first. Join Hasbro in a historic opportunity to celebrate the legendary Unicron with a figure whose features, detail, and scale are worthy of his gigantic legacy. And joining me now via Skype is the most enthusiastic Unicron fan on the internet. Diecast. He is notorious on Twitter for wanting this project and this figure to come into be, so much so that uh, folks in the fandom have teased him with all of those hashtags. But it is finally here. HasLab Unicron is going to be a thing, and joining me to talk about it, Diecast Unicron is out on Twitter, at Diecast2. Diecast, how are you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm doing excellent. Thanks for having me, and I'm uh, super excited to spread the, uh, the Unicron word around. Well, and it's interesting, too, because uh, when you and I talked last, or actually more accurately, when I saw you last, we were at TFCon Toronto, and in that closing podcaster panel, after all of this time and all of the teasing and all that, it looked like you had thrown in the towel, you know, uh, finally thinking that at a time that Unicron was never going to be a thing, uh, bringing out your uh, your customized shirt saying, come to the dark side, we have cookies in, uh, obviously, uh, Cookie Monster colors um, as a response to uh, HasLab Cookie Monster. But wouldn't we know it less than, I, th- I think it was maybe like 19 hours later after uh, TFCon closed and we all got home, we all woke up and saw the news that, yeah, much like Jabba's sail barge, you know, HasLab Unicron, their first Hasbro's first crowdfunded Transformers project is is going to be a thing. So I, I guess my first question is, what what was what was your first response? I guess you know, first blush coming off of TFCon, feeling totally deflated, but then being risen back up by this uh, by the exciting announcement. Oh, it was a crazy experience because 
to set it up a little bit, when we were driving up to TFCon, that was right when we got the announcement that uh, the HasLab Cookie Monster was going to be the next HasLab project. Mm-hmm. And I was sure I've been begging Hasbro when I go up to their press events. I've been begging Hasbro for ever since HasLab was created. Let's do a Unicron. This is the perfect platform to do it. And I had a feeling that it was going to happen just because we were asking them so much. And they seemed receptive to it. Uh, But there's only so much they can say until it's actually official. So I was under the impression, not that they put in my head, that I put in my head, that Unicron was going to be next. So once we got that Cookie Monster announcement, yeah, I went through like all six stages of uh, of grief. Mm-hmm. Like I was in denial. I was I was sad. I you know I was angry, and then finally I came to acceptance, which what made me get that shirt, and <laughs> then. Uh, I stayed at TFCon Sunday night because I had a long drive back. Oh, okay. So I actually drove about an hour and a half. We were just crossing into New York when we found out that Unicron was happening. Crazy. That That's... Yeah, it's it's just so weird because it's like when when I woke up the following morning, I flew home and I'm just like, wait a sec, is this, is this really a thing? <laughs> it's like I just, I couldn't believe it. It's almost like Cookie Monster was a tease, like Hasbro was purposely yeah. trying to put something out there. Because this is ambitious for Hasbro yeah. uh, to do two HasLab projects that are being funded at the same time. Because obviously the sale barge went from you know uh, their initial funding stage to funded to production to finished and to shipped out to the backers and there was never any other HasLab even talked about. And now we get two dropped on us within a couple days. Yeah. Yeah, the, the pace is is very uh, odd. And, I mean, I, I think it's cool that they're doing HasLab Cookie Monster. I mean, because it, it's, you know, it's something different. And it kind of gets Hasbro to to flex their premium toy making muscles a little bit. So I don't I don't necessarily thumb my nose at the project. I'm not going to participate because I I couldn't necessarily care less about uh um uh, about the property. But uh but yeah, it, it's the the timing is just so strange, and it it reminds me actually, and I I was uh, I was going to unpack this uh, later, but um I I remember during TFCon uh during Ron Friedman's panel, he was talking about something coming up as a tease. He was saying like, well, um pay attention on Thursday, this being last Thursday, the Thursday before uh, San Diego Comic Con, but they're like pay, but he was like pay attention on Thursday because they're they're going to be announcing something very big uh, but I've signed a NDA a non-disclosure agreement so I can't talk about it but just trust me watch the news on Thursday and then Monday morning they they announce uh, Haslab Unicron so it so I it made me kind of wonder in retrospect is like is that what Ron Friedman was talking about or was there going to be something else? But then sure enough, I mean, uh, uh, 
Flint Dilly on Facebook said, well, yeah, I signed an NDA to to not talk about this, but this is the toy I'll be introducing on Thursday, you know, as part of that uh, that uh, Vince DiCola concert and uh, kind of that that larger um, Hasbro event that they had um, at San Diego there. So so, yeah, just uh, it was it was just like a lot of weird uh, coincidences of timing, I suppose. Oh, yeah, def- definitely. And it's uh, it's also interesting too. Like you're talking about Flint Dilly, and and from going to these conventions, we've seen him, we've talked to him, we've oh, yeah. shook hands with him. It, it's it's kind of surreal in a little bit of a way. Yeah, definitely. And and you know, to their credit, not a whiff of any of this. I mean, I I uh, I remember on Friday night, um, you know, karaoke night at the at the Quest uh, at the Quest Bar. Um, I was uh, I was hanging out with uh, the the Cybertronic Spree and uh, Livio Ramadelli uh, was there also. And 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 talk about your your surreal con experiences. I'm sitting there kicking it with the Transmissions guys and the Cybertronic Spree. Uh, Jimmers showed up at at a point and and anyway we were all talking to uh, Livio about his upcoming uh, Transformers Generations book, you know, uh, obviously about the Constructicons, but and and he was talking about that story, but he knew about this thing also, and I guess my point of sharing all of that is that for all of these folks that are, you know, connected to either the media or the fiction or uh, any of it, Nobody has given a whiff of a clue for us fans to figure out that this thing was coming. It was a total surprise. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, um, so, so I guess why I want to ask you then is because you know I can I mentioned this briefly in the intro. You know, you um, you have a reputation in the fandom of being one of the folks that's waved the flag highest and hardest, you know, wanting to uh, get a, either a Unicron figure or after uh, the success of Jabba's sail barge for HasLab, you know, get a HasLab Unicron. What uh, what kind of notifications were uh, were you getting? I would imagine your feeds were blowing up with folks uh, uh, hitting you up after after HasLab Unicron was, was announced. Oh, absolutely. They're all like, you know, at first it was telling me about it and then after that it was like people who were congratulating me or you know <laughs> who, who were happy for me it was, it was a great experience everyone on twitter's been at, that's that's mostly where i do most of my transformers talk and mm-hmm. and they've just been excellent i mean someone even made a unicron tracker to uh that they're going to update just so we can share that out with how many backers this thing has. And uh, I'm excited. It's almost up to 2000, but uh, next Monday, the 28th is when they're going to open it up to um, the Takara Tomy mall overseas. And that'll be interesting to see how much of a jump we can get out of that, because I'm assuming that that is going to count towards the 8,000. Oh wow! So okay, so a uh, couple places to go. Uh, one, uh, uh, tell me more about uh, Takara Tomi Mall because I'm not as familiar with that, and I was yeah, it, it it's kind of confusing the nature of this uh, of this crowdfunding whether it's like truly like a made to order type of thing or. I, I, I guess maybe let's take a step back in time and maybe kind of explain the nature of this project. 
Oh yeah, well it's it's like uh, I guess you could say it's a Kickstarter, but yeah. it's through Hasbro. Uh, Kickstarter is another popular crowdfunding platform. Um, although I don't participate in Kickstarter anymore, I think I backed a smartwatch on Kickstarter that never came to be. So uh, <laughs> I lost some money on that. So I'm actually against crowdfunding, but at least with Hasbro, I feel like my money's safe. Uh, if they if the project gets backed and they take the money, we're gonna get you know we're gonna get our products. So I'm pretty confident about that. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind doing it with Hasbro, uh, but they have to hit eight thousand backers for this to go through. It has to uh, the the backing period is till I believe August 30th or the yes. end of August 30th. So, or 31st, but it's to, it's to the end of August or close to the end of August that, uh, they need to have at least 8,000 backers for this to go through. And, uh, then basically they take your money right away <laughs> and you get to wait till, uh, the beginning of 2021 is when they're expected to actually ship the figures out to everyone that backed it. Okay. Gotcha. So, and, and I, you know, as Transformers fans, you know, we're, we're not happy unless we're complaining about something. Uh, but it, it seems like right out of the gate, uh, folks have been very critical of the price point. And I guess maybe let's kind of break that down a little bit and, you know, kind of get maybe some of your hotter takes on it. Because I'm sure you've talked about it on uh, on Radio Free Cybertron quite a bit. But I, I was kind of curious what what you thought about the price point. Is it reasonable? Is it is it too much? I think it's reasonable when you look at it for uh, take the sail barge. The sail barge was four ninety nine. So this is seventy five dollars more than the sail barge. The figure, uh, when you look at it on paper, some people are saying, well, it's only, you know, three, four inches bigger than uh, Titan Metroplex, Mm -hmm. which was about $150, $160 US. And uh, they're like, well, it's not that much bigger, but it's it's the mass of it. It's 19 pounds. So it's a pretty heavy figure. And when you look at the photos of it, like next to Metroplex, it's like... Yeah, it's only a couple inches taller, but it's double the size, double the mass of, of it. And, of course, it has to transform, which the barge never had to do. Right. So I think 575 or 574.99 is is not bad for this project. Gotcha. So um, from there, since, since, we're, since we're getting, uh, you know, it, it was interesting. Uh I was thinking originally when we were going to talk, it was going to be, you know, diecast hot takes. Now, at this point, takes have kind of cooled down a little bit. You know, we're we're post San Diego Comic-Con where folks have had an opportunity to see this, uh, you know, in cases. Folks have taken tons of photos of it, lots of videos, and the fandom has kind of weighed in. On you know uh, uh, various aspects of the design and the look and the aesthetic, but I guess diecast. What I want to ask you is just you know, at a glance, what do you think of this figure? I think it's very good. I I don't think it's perfect. Uh, you know, there's a lot of panels on the legs, but yeah. 
it has it kind of has to be to transform into a planet and some people say well there's a way you can design those so they're a little bit more hidden and maybe you can i'm not sure i'm not a designer um there there is a lot of you know panels even on the back of the figure but i mean for me it looks good enough and it's actual an official take on a character that you know the movie they used references from which we've never really had anything like that before other than when they used the armada unicron they tried to recolor it into like a movie reference but it was never originally intended to be a movie reference toy right now wasn't there a uh repaint or retooling of that uh armada unicron figure in in transformers the movie colors Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. There, there was uh, an updated head, I believe. There was additional, you know, there were updated colors to try and reference the movie, um, which you know, at the time was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, I think now is definitely the time, or it's been the time for a a new take on movie Unicron. Yeah. So and so, I I, I guess a couple things on that. So. Um, one of the th- you know the thing that i've seen folks complain about the most is uh is yeah the accordion legs and the backpack and you know it, it's it's really weird because like i'm me personally i'm not so thoroughly entrenched and experienced with transformers fandom or at least on the on the figure collecting side i've i'm just recently uh getting into the toys you know third party is still kind of like a very new concept for me it's like oh hey this is neat but um i i found it almost kind of uh heartbreaking i was almost a little crestfallen when it's just like this thing that that those of us of a certain age, you know, have been dreaming about literally since we were kids is like a thing that is going to be a thing. And it seems like the fandom just kind of comes out of nowhere and just starts bitching about the backpack. And yeah, I just, I, I, I was like, really? Come on folks. Yeah. I mean, that's, you're going to have that in any fandom, I guess. And people have a right to criticize it. I, I, I don't, I understand where they're coming from, um, but nothing's going to be perfect. Right. So I, I think this is a beautiful attempt. It, it's the best looking planet we've ever seen. Yeah. You know, 30 inches in diameter it's going to be. Yeah, which is ridiculous. And I just keep thinking um, there was an interview that Unicron.com did mm-hmm. with John Warden, one of the uh He's the lead de- designer, I guess you could say, for Hasbro. And uh, he was saying that it, it's bigger than a bowling ball. And a bowling ball is always what I I keep thinking in my head because of the 19-pound reference. Because yeah. that's what I like to use when I bowl. <laughs> so uh, I was thinking as a bowling ball, but you think it can't be that dense. So it's got to be bigger. And John Warden said it's about the size of a beach ball. Wow, which it, is ridiculous. Yeah, that's even bigger than the bowling ball. That I mean, because yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, it's like that. That's kind of where where my imagination takes me. You know, bowling ball, basketball. You know, some something like that. But certainly not the size of a beach ball. That's 
and and I don't think the the pictures or even some of the video that we've seen really kind of captures that scope. I think it's something that you actually have to see up close to to appreciate that scale. Oh, absolutely. But I, I guess the, the another thing I wanted to ask you about, and I was kind of going back and forth uh, with uh, with our buddy Aaron from Autopod Decepticast. He's he's a huge third party guy. In fact, uh, so much so that that's the majority of his uh, collection. He's got he's got some vintage stuff here and there, you know, and he's got a handful of chugs to kind of you know fill out fill out uh, uh, certain rosters of his collection. But but I hit him with this when we were kind of talking about the price point. I was like, well, wait a second, with all of the the third party combiners. Where you know you're paying like anywhere between ninety to one hundred and twenty bucks per figure. By the time you put all of that together, that's pretty much your six hundred dollars that you're uh, paying for Unicron. And he he came back with with a couple good points that I that I think are valid for uh, that type of uh, collector because I mean th- this is definitely a high-end item for a um, adult-minded, uh, a mature collector. You know, it's not necessarily, you know, like a kid's toy. But, you know, he, he was telling me that with buying the third-party combiner characters, you know, kind of a la carte, it gives you the opportunity to kind of not have as much of a financial impact. Meaning, like, you know, you're not shucking out 600 bucks for the you know like for the for the full combiner and then he 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 made a remark that kind of kind of tweaked my melon just a little bit he said uh he's like well yeah and and to pay that price for something that's uh siege level quality i'm not sure if i'm if i'm excited about that uh with for that the way i read that is that you know, something that's official doesn't have that same level of quality that comes from third party products. And I'm just relating a quote from a dude. I don't, I, I again, I'm not as much into third party to where I could really speak to that. But that was one of those things where it's like, huh, I, I'm not sure what to make of that. And I was kind of wondering um, what, uh, what you think of that that uh criticism that you know it's it's an official hasbro product and i wonder if it has to go through some of the same like drop tests or whatever having to do with uh with kids toys yeah i i think it does have to go through the safety testing that third party figures don't have to do so i i think it is going to be a safe toy i think it's going to be uh yeah, the, it kind of is in that siege line, but I think it's going to be better than what we've seen in that line. There's going to be more QC. There's going to be more attention to detail. There's going to be more quality control uh, just because of the price and the nature of this and the limitedness of this. I mm-hmm. mean, if it does get back, say, you know, under under 9,000 people back this above the 8,000 and this gets made. I mean, this is not going to be an easy piece to pick up after it gets funded. Yeah. I mean, cause you know, I, I, I forget who posted it, but I saw 
Uh, you you had mentioned like the stages of grief that you went through when you saw uh, Haslab uh, Cookie Monster announced, but I I've seen an equal type of stages of grief, which well, I don't know if it's stages of grief, but basically where where folks are in the Transformers fandom have kind of gone through this cycle of different feelings regarding you know how how they interpret and how they feel about Haslab Unicron and it, and it seems like it shifts daily because i mean again this uh, this conversation that we're having now I envisioned it being very differently when uh, when we were first uh, coordinating schedules, but there's there's just been so much news and so uh, so much more uh, pondering and rumination on this uh, on this uh, figure that yeah I just um, I, I guess in a sense now now that we're talking now um, after San Diego Comic Con do you feel any different? Uh, do you feel any differently about Unicron now than when it was first announced? Yeah, I, I want it even more. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I mean, it, just seeing a couple of the interviews that came out of San Diego Comic-Con and uh, just knowing the mass of this and e- some of these pictures I'm looking on Hasbro Pulse right now, which is where you can go to fund this or, you know, order this if you want to get in on this. Um. I almost think like Hasbro still has stuff up their sleeve with this, looking at some of the renders and what they've announced. And even in one of the videos, again, that Unicron.com did, uh, John Warden uh, said how Flint Dilly said, you know, the head should come off. That way you can use that as a separate display piece as you want. And he said <laughs> it, it didn't have that function right now. But it sounded like he was saying that it wouldn't be hard to add in if they could get the approval to add that into the toy. Oh, my goodness. Could you imagine? (laughs) I mean, that that suddenly gets you into a lot of season three play patterns right there. That's. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's. And there's even one render on uh, on Hasbro Pulse where it looks like he has the broken eyes like from when the uh you know when all the autobots dove through his eye mm-hmm. and broke it um which hasn't been announced as a feature but i i, I wonder if somehow this toy is going to incorporate that like maybe have a, a a panel that can slide down and have the broken eye behind it or something that would be bonkers you know and it's and uh talking about this makes me think of another uh feature of this figure it's supposed to have up to 50 points of articulation which is massive for for this massive figure but uh i i again i forget where i saw it but oh maybe it was in that video from uh, uh unicron.com but um apparently one of the articulated pieces is the eyes there's uh there's there's going to be like a slide in the back of it which i didn't even realize this thing had eyeballs until i saw that and i was like wait a sec you can move his eyes around that's that's one of the points of articulation that's crazy yeah that that's really cool and yeah it'll be yeah oh man i mean because you you've really kind of cracked it open uh thought process wise in terms of other stuff that they might be doing with this figure uh but from also what i understand since due to the nature of this project 
that it's kind of a one and done type of deal, right? You know, it's it it's not like we're going to see a lot of you know repaints or retools or redecos. Um, this is kind of it, right? Yeah, this is it. It if you don't get in and on it with the crowdfunding and it gets it gets backed and made, um, I I think like pretty much the mold doesn't get used again. Yeah, because I mean, I I guess and and think about it in context. It's like, I mean, I, I could see where a lot of fans would think that that would be a thing because that's really one of the most common uh, tropes in Transformers toy making is, you know, I mean, going all the way back to the beginning. You know, it's like if you have one fighter jet uh, in one color, well, you can make it a couple other colors and suddenly you've you've got, you know, two other characters. So, you know, repaints, retools, uh, reuse is something that's, you know, that 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 we've grown very, very accustomed to, um, to the point where I think even now when we when we see new stuff being announced, we kind of play that speculation game of like, what else could this be? Like, I, like I remember when uh, uh, Siege Barricade was uh, was announced. It's like, oh well, basically that that's that's just a pre-tool smokescreen. <laughs> you know, it, it's like you you kind of get into that legislation and start playing that game. But but yeah, the, with the nature of this project, yeah, this is a totally different thing. Yeah, I. I- I, I mean, I know the USS flag for G.I. Joe wasn't a crowdfunded project, but if you think of it like the USS flag, it's too big and too expensive to make it again. So this thing is going to be once and that's it. Yeah. So one of one of the other things, and we, we kind of touched on this uh, earlier uh, a little bit ago, is that um, so this is available through HasLab, uh, through Hasbro, for U.S. customers. So one of the one of the the biggest criticisms that I saw almost immediately is where are our friends from United Kingdom or Australia or uh, other parts of the world how they're going to get their opportunity for this. And um, I, I thought I thought of, well, I, I guess I thought of like a, a handful of different things. If I remember correctly, when um, with the HasLab sail barge, um, wasn't it like towards the end of that campaign that they opened it up for uh, international orders? Am I remembering that correctly? I've heard that also. Uh, I believe that's correct but i couldn't a hundred percent say for sure but yeah i mean and and that's that is one of the criticisms i saw is that you know where the other people it was only north america so u.s and canada were the only people that could actually back this and now they've announced sakara tomi mall will carry it which takes care of i believe japan so our friends in Japan are going to be able to back this. And I really hope that they get to Europe and Australia and everywhere else, because mm-hmm. I think we need all the help we can get uh, to get to 8000 with this price point. Yeah, well, and not just the price point, but also the... Uh the relative shortness of the campaign. I was really surprised that, uh, you know, like 
just over a month, you know, end of August, that seems like a relatively short span. I, I don't remember how long the campaign for the barge was, but but it it felt it feels like this is really short for a lot of us that, well, quite frankly, don't have just six hundred bucks lying around. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know I know I've talked to friends who are like, you know, trying to get a credit card that they get uh, interest free on for new purchases or something just mm-hmm. to be able to afford this. And that's one of the criticisms that we could kind of give Hasbro. I mean, a $600 toy, you kind of give a need to give us like a, a payment plan on this thing. Mm-hmm. But that's not really how crowdfunding works either. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe we we would have got more orders if they would have said, hey, you know, sign up to back this. Your first payment is $100 or something, yeah. and then we'll take another $100 out for the next five months or something. That would have been a little bit more bearable to some people. But I guess uh, I guess that would have been a lot more work for Hasbro and a lot more trouble. Yeah, and that brings me to something I saw just a short couple hours before we started recording here. Uh, Big Bad Toy Store has uh, decided to jump into the fray, and they they have a pre-order set up um, at a price point that's a little different than what's on Hasbro Pulse, but... I guess when when I saw that, the first thing I thought, and I tweeted about this also, is that, well, this is where those underserved territories, you know, like your your Europe's and parts of Asia and all that, where they can have the opportunity to participate in this campaign also um, and get their Unicron, but... Big Bag Toy Store is doing it a little differently and kind of in a way that you were just alluding to. It looks like they've got uh, payment plan options, but there's a couple uh, uh, drawbacks also and a couple different uh, trade-offs that go with that. Um, I, so I guess for starters, what what do you make of the, of the Big Bad Toy Store announcement? I'm actually glad you said that because I didn't even think about overseas buyers if they can buy from Big Bad Toy Store. I mean, I guess they can, but um, yeah, I, it's a lot of money. It's it's two hundred dollars more than what Hasbro Pulse is uh, selling it for, uh, and you have to give them one hundred and fifty-five up front, and then I believe it's normal Big Bad Toy Store where they won't actually charge you till the item ships. So you still have to pay like you know six hundred dollars roughly plus tax when the item comes in. Interesting. So I I guess then a uh, hot take uh good move, bad move, does does this uh does this steam your clams or how how do you feel about it? Uh I if it's to serve other parts that can't get in on the pre-orders, good move. Um if if it's not, it's kind of why even bother? Uh, it's two hundred dollars more than what you can, you know, back it for right now. Now, if they would have did this on the down low and you know bought as many as they could and then released them for for orders after the funding is over with, yeah, then then I would be fine with that because if you delayed in getting it and you're gonna have to pay a little bit more. 
Yeah, I mean, to me, I guess at first blush, I read it as they're offering a premium service. In fact, I, I happen to have the product description in uh, um, uh, in my notes in front of me. Uh, in the product description, one, it says, note if this item does not reach its crowdfunding goal, it will not be produced and uh, will not... Uh, and NRD will be refunded. Uh, we are offering... Oh, this is what I was looking for. Note, uh, we are offering this item as a service to customers unable to order directly. So, to me, that that's kind of kind of thumbing their nose at Hasbro just a little bit and saying like, hey, uh, international customers, come order with us. And... You know, looking further, it says uh, FedEx International Service is available to Canada, Australia, Japan, and United Kingdom. Customers in these countries will be notified at the time of shipping if one of these methods is not your default shipping method. All uh, international, all other international destinations will be canceled. Uh, international customers, note: please expect a significant ship cost due to the size of this product. So to me, it it looks like they're being as upfront as they can. Yeah, uh, but maybe they're jumping the gun a little bit because I would rather see Hasbro give uh, people in Europe and those other countries a chance to pre-order this through them. Uh, Big Bad Toy Store is also charging you shipping on top of it, whereas uh, if you order through Hasbro hasbro pulse or hasbro Mm -hmm. uh shipping is included so that's a that's a pretty big thing that's that's a good amount yeah i shipped something today and it was twenty dollars and it wasn't that big so imagine how much this would be to ship yeah yeah i mean because like i i've never had to ship a 19 pound beach ball before but yeah I, i i would imagine that like you just said it's it's going to be spendy and shipping internationally that's so i i don't know i i i don't know what the solution is um and then that also kind of brings me to um a question about uh Takara Tomi Mall in that i don't i don't really know how that kind of works but i i saw a stray tweet from somebody uh referring to um, they, they were talking about this this thing from Big Bad Toy Store, and they're like, "Well, you know, you could just get it from Takara Tomi Mall. That version's being built anyway." And you know, I didn't engage, but I was like, "I I I don't think that's I don't think that's a thing." So, uh, would you be able to speak on that at all? Um, I I would. I mean, uh, Takara Tomi Mall is obviously a uh, uh, the Japanese site for everyone in Japan that they sell. It's like basically like our Hasbro site where we can buy direct from Hasbro and they do exclusives. They do uh, all that, but this is not going to get made unless we hit 8,000 backers. Mm-hmm. And I believe any orders that go in, they're going to start taking orders um, on the 28th of July, which is next Monday. Um, I believe those orders are going to go into the 8,000. That's what I think, but no one's confirmed that yet. Yeah. Um, At minimum, they're not going to go in 
and we're still going to need to hit 8,000 on our own, and they'll only be produced for Takaratomi if we hit our 8,000. I think it's the first one. I think those Takaratomi numbers are going to help our numbers to yeah. hit that 8,000. Well, yeah, and, and, and something for for my listeners to keep in mind, because, I mean, again, I, I don't, I, I'm not, as uh savvy and and thoroughly into the content as, as much as uh, uh you guys are on Radio Free Cybertron. I I joke that basically my my podcast is about other stuff entirely, but my Transformers fandom keeps seeping into my material <laughs> and I I'm kind of like slowly more and more becoming a a kind of Transformers adjacent podcast. I I joke with folks and I say like, "Well, how do you describe your show?" It's like, "Well, it's it's nobody's favorite Transformers adjacent podcast so but what I what where I'm going with that is that I talk about transformers a lot but there's there's certain little idiosyncrasies like this that I'm not entirely familiar with and I think we're kind of in a new uncharted territory but I think the 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 commonplace thought was that most current, Transformers toys are either, um, and and please correct me if I'm wrong because I'm just kind of talking out at the side of my ear. But most current uh, Transformers toys, like the you know War for Cybertron Siege uh, line, are kind of made in concert with Takara Tomy, whereas this uh, Haslab Unicron is a hundred percent a Hasbro item, something to where I don't. I don't know if that's as common. Like, uh, I, I, so I guess Diecast. Let me ask you this, because I, I know I'm throwing a whole bunch of stuff out here as I'm trying to find my footing. But um, wh- what's the ratio of Takara product compared to Hasbro product? And is Haslab Unicron like like a totally uniquely Hasbro item? Um, it actually is not a uniquely Hasbro item because uh, they co-developed this uh unicron was a co-development between uh takara tomi and hasbro as most of their transformers are Mm -hmm. uh especially nowadays that they've aligned uh their products so when you're buying a siege toy deluxe toy in the u.s it's going to be same the same as the siege deluxe toy in japan where a couple years ago the siege toy earth shouldn't say siege siege wasn't out a couple years ago (laughs) but the the same generations toy that you bought in the u.s was probably deco different than the one you could get in japan Mm. through takara tomi but takara tomi still does some exclusives like the last one they had was a uh, a big convoy i believe uh so they do still produce some stuff that's not released in the U.S. And then there are places like Big Bad Toy Store who will buy uh, from Takara Tomy to bring those items to the U.S. Gotcha. Okay, uh, thanks for the clarification on that. Because, yeah, like I said, I, it, I'm, I'm like, familiar enough, uh, but then I realize in talking that they, I've still got quite a few blind spots that I'm still kind of trying to catch up on uh from uh not really being in the fandom for like 20 some years <laughs> but um so so diecast while i got you and and really kind of trying to in a roundabout way get 
all the way back to the the reason why um, you came on the show to begin with. Um, I guess let let's just open up the floor and. Uh, anything that you haven't mentioned yet, uh, feel free and preach the gospel of uh, of Unicron and why uh, why folks need to uh, back this project if they want it. I just think anyone who likes the cartoon, who uh, remembers the 1986 movie that was in theaters, I mean, he was he was the antagonist of the of that movie uh and just his sheer size and presence is so amazing um and just this this is a unique opportunity uh to get something i mean we've never seen something this expensive from hasbro and i think like i said they're gonna do whatever they need to do to make this thing amazing and on a next level that we we're not used to seeing from them uh because of the price because of the cost uh just because of the limited nature of it they've obviously been working on this for a long time Mm -hmm. so i I don't even want to think what would happen if this doesn't get funded because they they've spent money on this to get it this far i mean it's not like we're seeing uh sketches or anything like that they've got a 3d printed prototype you know that they were able to show off at san diego comic-con um it's it's just an amazing piece and i i think any transformers collector any 80s movie nostalgia collector uh would definitely want to have this in their collection yeah and okay so i mean this seems like a very obvious uh, uh question and answer but have have you already backed it i've i've backed two Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I need one for each mode. I can't. I, yeah. You know, it's a it's a lot of money to go in on. Uh, but like I said, these these are going to be centerpieces mm-hmm. of my collection. And if anyone's uh, familiar with any Transformers stuff, there's statues out there that get made that are two, three thousand dollars. So if if you look at it from that standpoint. It's not as expensive as a statue would be, or um, I, I don't understand the prices on the statues, honestly. Yeah. Uh, some of them look nice, but, you know, this is an actual thing that's going to transform into another, uh, you know, a planet. Uh, I, I just, to me, that's, that's so much more impressive than a statue. Definitely. Well, and, you know, it, it, and it's got some posability. I, I do wonder, though, with just the, the sheer size, how much posability he's going to have. It's like, I understand he's got 50 points of articulation, but yeah, I, you know, I, I and I think maybe it was Aaron. I, I, I don't remember, but um, I, I was going back and forth with somebody about posability. And I was like, well, if you look at the movie, he doesn't when, when he's in robot mode, he doesn't move around quite a bit. You know, it's like as long as you can, you know, swipe an arm or get him to kind of be in kind of like that that standing on Cybertron pose, you know, as long as you can get him to do like like that iconic pose, really what what kind of what what other posability are you looking for? It's not like he's like a Marvel Legend Spider-Man or something. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh I think you're 100% correct. He's so big even in the cartoon in the movies that 
what do you really need him to do other than to smash a planet? Right. <laughs> now it's interesting. So I, so the uh, prototype at San Diego, you know, was was kind of it was displayed in in they had two of them in two in both modes, planet mode and robot mode. But aside from the the accordion scallops and turtle turtle shell backpack, uh, you know, like uh, on his legs there, we haven't really seen what the transformation sequencing is actually going to be like. Um, but I got to tell you, and I guess I'm just saying this out loud for my own benefit, just to make sure that I'm sharing this with somebody is I've got to see the hands come out of the arms the same way they do in the movie. I just, I do that. Oh, very cool. So, so like, so, and it's weird because like, I, have you seen a video or footage of, of how it actually transforms? Cause I don't know if I have. I have not, but uh, John Warden mentioned at San Diego Comic-Con that the arms actually come out of the back of the planet just like they do in the movie. So that's something one of the uh, Takara Tomy designers uh, specifically wanted to make sure that happened in the transformation sequence. Oh, that's amazing. I, You know what? I may have to buy one of these now. Because, <laughs> because you know, fans of the movie, that... That transformation sequence, the specific moves are so burned into our memories. And I think that's one of the reasons why I wasn't really interested in Armada Unicron when it came around all those years ago. I'm like, well, I mean, it's a different version of the character. It looks kind of similar, but it's like... Yeah, I I need it to where like the arms flip out and then like the forearms uh pull back and the hand comes out and unclenches. I mean, it's you know, we we all know the scene I'm describing, but it's just yeah. like if if it does at least some of that, that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so, so I was, I was doing the math a little bit. So at, uh, at, you know, rounding up to $575, if they need 8,000 backers, that is a hefty price tag of $4,600,000. And that's, I, I, I'm not sure what to do with that figure because that, that seems, that seems like a lot of money. And I wonder how much of that, you know, has, they've already spent on development or, I, I wonder where that money goes. What uh, what do you think? I mean, I know a lot of the money goes into the uh, casting of the molds. Mm. Uh, because this is 3D printed, they haven't made any of the molds yet to actually make this or get this produced in the factory. So that's probably going to be a big chunk of it. Um, obviously, your plastic material costs and factory time and shipping as we said there's there's going to be a pretty large shipping costs on this thing yeah. uh and then i'm i'm also assuming that they're going to you know some of that went to development that they they haven't earned uh yet unless it gets back then i that's that's that would be terrible yeah <laughs> i they had to be pretty sure at Hasbro that they would be able to hit this number to put in as much development as they did into this toy. Yeah, you're you're right and and it's just one of those things that 
you know, still raises my eyebrows where it's like for as eagerly awaited as this is, I, and I'm not going to say haphazardly that that that's the wrong wrong phrasing, but just like for it just coming out of nowhere with no hype as a surprise surprise here's the figure that you've always wanted and we've made jokes on the internet you know hashtag secons before unicron which is still technically a thing those secons are going to come out before uh before unicron does but i digress (laughs) but uh but i mean to the point where it's kind of become memeable and they're like okay so it's finally here you got a month to make it happen and that just I, i i i'm still trying to wrap my head around how i feel about that yeah, I mean it's 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 a tough thing, and it's summertime, obviously. So people are on, you know, people are going on vacation, stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's it's not the best time, but I don't know that there ever is good time because right. after you get past the hol- you know, the summer, then you go into Christmas season. So is that a good time? I mean, honestly, the best time is when they did the barge because it was right around tax time. Oh, interesting. Well, and I think also, though, and I guess noodling this through as I'm, you know, it's fun when when you puzzle through things and think about things while you're recording a podcast. But I don't know how they could have done this any other way, because for it to be a part of uh, Hasbro's display and presence at San Diego Comic-Con, I guess I I don't know, I, I guess. I, I'm still trying to figure out if I would have liked it to truly have been an announcement at San Diego as opposed to like a, a couple days before. But it does feel like that that, that was kind of like the centerpiece of their truly impressive display. I mean, it's like I, I can't remember a time where we saw so much Transformer stuff coming out of uh, San Diego Comic-Con, even even going back to last year. It's like, you know, we saw, you know, what was then this mysterious, ooh, War for Cybertron Siege. What's this going to be? We, you know, what? Okay, cool. We're, we've got a poster and a couple characters. Um, and for that to be so different this year and and so escalated where it's like oh yeah no here are all these exclusives here's all of these figures you know here's here's these obscure uh japanese cassette reissues that nobody knew to anticipate uh but it's still welcome oh and by the way here's a haslab unicron in the in the middle i don't i i i would imagine that that's kind of the impact that they were going for uh what do you think yeah, they. This is the first year they dropped that much product on us at one time, and said, "Here, you can go pre-order everything." I mean, we have mm-hmm. pre-orders out, honestly, till the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if not, some of them might go into the beginning of next year. So it, there was just there was probably if you're a, a completist and you buy every piece that Hasbro dropped, <laughs> it, you easily spent. Twelve hundred dollars. Oh sure, easily. Wow. So you know, and, and I know this is a bit off topic, uh, but um, out out of the non Unicron stuff, what uh, what caught Diecast's attention? What uh, what what made you excited of those other announcements? Um, I was actually excited about the the Target Rainmakers three pack, which we kind of knew about uh, was a thing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but they're just so bright. I love those <laughs> bright colors on them. And what else did I get? Uh, just the regular siege stuff, like yeah. the Astro Train coming out, is really cool. Uh, the Impactor, which we've known, I think we've known about Impactor since like Toy Fair. So there's a bunch of cool stuff that's coming out in the Siege line, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I was actually kind of shocked that we're still into Siege till the end of the year. So I guess we're not going to get a tease at the next, the second part of the the War for Cybertron trilogy till probably uh, New York Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, because I think of all the things that surprised us, I think it was also a surprise that, oh, not e- not even a sneak peek of what Chapter 2 will be. That's that's very interesting. Um, one of the things that, that caught my interest, and I wanted to mention it here before, before I, I lost it, um, was that um, I, I know you and several other uh, Transformers uh, content creators, you know, like, uh, like Anthony Bricali from TFU and, and a couple other folks went out to New York Toy Fair. And, you know, um, there was a lot of great coverage about the uh, reveals there, but there was the mysterious table of like 35th anniversary stuff that had Sound Blaster and Blue Streak and some other stuff um, on there that none of you guys ever saw. Like, you know, somebody, yes. so somebody like, you know, I, I guess as legend has it, like it must've been like a rep or an insider or something. Somebody tweeted a picture of it. So all of us that weren't at toy fair, were like, Oh, Hey man, this looks really cool. I can't believe we're getting sound blaster, blah, blah, blah. And all of you guys that were there at the show were like, I don't know what the hell y'all are talking about, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I bring that up because it seems like, with the announcements at San Diego Comic-Con, they seem to have fulfilled that prophecy of all of those items there. I mean, because, you know, they announced Sound Blaster, they announced uh, uh, the Walmart Soundwave reissue, uh, Blue Streak. But the thing that that really kind of sealed it for me is the, the cell-shaded uh, Siege characters, which... I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but has Hasbro done official cell shaded versions of uh, of their characters before? Never. See, and and you, I mean, you see that in like you know third party repaints and decos and things like that, but nothing official. Um, so that, I mean, I, I'm probably going to have to get those because I I really like that aesthetic. They are Walmart exclusives, so you have to go on Walmart to pre-order them if you want them, or, or hope that you see them in store. But distribution at Walmart is always hit or miss. Truly, but yeah, so it's like, so I guess I wanted to ask you since uh, since we were here, just kind of shooting the breeze a bit. It was there was there anything else from that table that that hasn't it has has the prophecy been fully fulfilled at this point? Yeah, I think it has. I think that was everything on the table. Mm-hmm. It was the two uh, Voyager boxes, plus they had the uh, the Sound Blaster actually in toy form, and then they had uh, the Silver Streak or Blue Streak. I think they had a box for that as well. So yeah, um, that is everything from Toy Fair. And uh, 
yeah, Toy Fair is, a, I'm lucky enough that Hasbro invite, invites me to cover those events, and that's where I've been asking for this HasLab Unicron ever since HasLab was announced. As soon as they announced the sale barge at, at, at uh, Hasbro's Toy Fair was when I started asking, let's get a HasLab Unicron. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So, uh, so as we get closer to uh, closing out, um, uh, either Transformers related or even not Transformers related, since uh, since we're on a, a Transformers adjacent podcast, I guess. Um, any anything else in particular on your on your radar in terms of like you know um, announcements or stuff that you're um, excited about that you wanted to wrap on really quick before we close out. I, I do collect the Marvel Legends stuff, and, and there's some nice, uh, you know, like Jim Lee X-Men stuff coming out. Uh, yeah. But w- a lot of it we've seen pieces of before. Uh, I, they're doing a really good job with that Marvel Legends line, and they're pushing out figures super fast. Uh, there, there's been, you know, every movie they've had a wave for. Uh, so the Marvel Legends stuff is really cool, but uh, Transformers is really where my heart is. Gotcha. Very cool. So um, uh, before we part ways for now and I ask you where folks can find you on the Internet, um, could you talk about a little bit what you do on the Internet and uh, Radio Free Cybertron and TF Radio? Uh, tfradio.net is uh, our web address where you can find uh, I do reviews for Transformers figures on there tfradio.net slash reviews I talk uh, Transformers on Twitter at diecast2 uh, and then obviously we have a Radio Free Cybertron is the main podcast and we do that every Wednesday night at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time uh, tfradio.net slash live or you can just go to YouTube and search for Radio Free Cybertron and uh, we usually get there about a half hour early and we chat with uh, everyone and hang out and then we start the show at 8.30 and it's depending on news it goes about an hour hour and a half uh, just talking about what's, what's new in uh, the Transformers world that's awesome you know and uh the the thing that that's so awesome about Radio Free Cybertron for for somebody like me at least is that not only is it the longest running Transformers podcast but it's one of the longest running podcasts like in general yeah i think uh Brian Kilby who is the host and the the owner of the show he's been doing it longer than they've even had a word for it uh so before it was even called a podcast he was doing it that's rad and how long have you been on the show i've been on the show about five or six years i believe wow so pretty pretty good amount of time that's awesome i i love that and you know one of one of the things that that i've enjoyed the most uh kind of in my re-emerging resurgence uh transformers fandom is just getting to know all of the cool folks in the fandom you know like you know fans content creators it's uh it's just been a really cool scene i mean though those uh times closing out bars at tf cons is uh, has been uh <laughs> it's it's been great i i really love that scene it, it's a really good fandom there's a lot of great people in it uh even like the original creators like we were talking about like flint dilly and all them 
you know, all the artists that were a part of it and the voice actors and everyone's just so friendly and nice. Um, Aaron Archer, who used to work for Hasbro is one of the, you know, he was, uh, I forget his title, but he was like one of the directors of the Transformers brand. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's, you know, we, we talk to all these people all the time and everyone's just so nice and, and and so surreal to get to meet these people that were part of this franchise that you used to watch when you were a little kid. It's mm-hmm. just there, there's nothing greater than this franchise for me. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and I think that's why transformers fandom specifically has grabbed me so hard where I'm just like, Oh, Oh, this is what the fandom is like, you know, and and like you were saying, uh, you know, like just like with the creators and stuff, they're all super cool folks and everybody is just so ridiculously welcoming. It's it's I, I was not expecting that. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Well, cool. So I guess that's that's as good a point to uh, close out on as any. But um, any uh, any final thoughts, anything that we might not have uh have not unpacked yet with regards to HasLab Unicron. Yeah, I I think we've pretty much hit everything. I I would say keep your eyes on Hasbro Pulse uh, to see if they announce any new features or if you want to check where the tracker is, you can (laughs) just, you know, go on HasbroPulse.com. Right now they're at, as of this recording, they're at 1,741 backers. So it's still a little bit of ways to go, but we have roughly 40 days, two hours and 21 minutes. <laughs> Very cool. And uh, you, you mentioned it just a moment ago, but uh, one more time, could you remind folks where they can find you on the internet and how they can connect with you on the social medias? Oh, absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at Diecast2. You can follow me on Facebook or like my page at Reviews by Diecast. And you can see all my Transformers reviews on tfradio.net. And you can catch us live on Radio Free Cybertron Wednesday nights at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, You can just go to YouTube and search Radio Free Cybertron. And we have a chat and a show. And it's a great, great time. Fantastic. Sounds great. Well, uh, Diecast, this has been a pleasure. Um, uh, looking forward to chatting with you again in the future and uh, possibly hanging out at, uh, at the next con. We'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. Oh, definitely. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure being on. Destroy the Autobot Matrix. You've heard what Mike thinks. Now tell him what you think on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mike Seibert Radio. And before I get out of here, I want to shout out the debut of the brand new podcast project from producer Dave Sanders, who you just heard in that bumper there, actually. Uh, uh, the podcast is called here for it uh he mentioned that uh when he guest hosted a couple weeks ago while i was in toronto uh uh here for it is a wrestling centric ish uh podcast show um and during episode number one the guys talk about aew uh luchasaurus markdom uh the trials and perils of the current wwe product and have a round of quick fire 
I don't know what any of that stuff is, but I I am here for it. So um, uh, listen to it on Anchor and follow them on Twitter at Here For It Pod. And Dave himself will be back on the show the first week of September for our annual fall TV preview episode. Um, that's a, that's become an annual tradition, and I am excited. Those are a lot of fun, and I am uh, uh, here for it as uh, as the puns in in that uh, that show go. Um, also, I wanted to remind you uh, that this is the last week of the Kickstarter campaign for Lucia Fasano's second album, Best Friend Forever. Uh, she uh, wrote and performed that super catchy alternate theme song uh, you've been hearing during the last couple episodes. <laughs> and and here's a clip from her Kickstarter campaign video uh, describing the project in a little more detail. Check it out. Hi, I'm Lucia Fasano. You may know me from the jokes that I make. Maybe you've seen me on the television. Maybe you've read my comic books that were featured in Paste Magazine and the New York Times. Or maybe you've heard my first music album, Radio Silence. Pretty cool. Well, guess what? I have a new album. Best Friend Forever. Best Friend Forever is an album about, what? Friendship, who knew? But really, seriously guys, it's an album about all of the ups and downs of friendship told through melodious, is that a good or a bad word? Melodious indie rock. See, when I was writing these songs, I was like, hey, this song is kind of about being afraid that you're gonna lose a friend again and have your heart broken. But this song is about like, I love my best friend, everything is awesome and great. And then this song is about like, ah, who can I trust? The world and the internet is terrifying. Ah, and oh my God, I'm getting catcalled on the street. And oh my God, who are these people that I thought I knew? Who am I? Who is anyone? So basically that's the album. And so I'm so excited that I was able to get all these songs together and we're bringing it to you in a bona fide, awesome pink album. The album is sounding really cool and fresh and new. As Radio Silence was stripped down, mandolin heavy, this album, which was produced by Jessica Boudreaux of Summer Cannibals, is very rockin', it's angsty, it's got some maturity to it, and it features me playing electric guitar on several tracks. Several! There's a Mellotron, that's what the Beatles used. It's like so basically this album is pretty cool i won't say it's a step up but it is my next album and so i'm so excited for you to finally hear it so uh check out the page down there and uh check out all of our sweet rewards you could get an enamel pin that's really cool these days with uh, with my me riding on my cat penny. It's a penny corn. It's a unikitty. So you can get that. I can make you a bracelet. I can draw you something. Check out the rewards. But ultimately, please, let's make this album and have some fun. And I'll see you then, friend. <laughs> 
Uh, there's a link to the Kickstarter in the show notes, as well as her in-depth interview recently with Paste Magazine about the new album um, and links to music videos and other cool stuff and other things as well. Uh, so don't miss out on your opportunity to support independent art from one of my favorite folks. Um, and that will do it for this episode. Thank you for listening. And coming soon is my artist spotlight from TFCon featuring interviews from the show floor in Artist Alley with Tommy Deer, David Stevens, Billy, a.k.a. Cosmic Danger, who I just saw at uh, Sidefest, uh, Bubonic, Basil Bing, Bell the Witch, Capachi, Brenna Baines, Nearney and Moku Tenchi, uh, uh, tons of great fun folks, and uh, I get I get schooled about uh, about zines and fic, and and it's a, a lot of great conversations. Uh, but next week it's Mike Seibert Radio Live: colon, The Legacy of the Transformers: colon, The Movie, uh, recorded at Sidefest Northwest, commemorating both the anniversary of the movie as well as my radio debut. You. Uh, so uh, I'm always excited for that double anniversary. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to listen to our past shows, subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show. Tell us what you think and what you'd like to hear in the future. It really does help. Mike Seibert Radio is produced by Dave Sanders. For my guest, Diecast, my name is Mike. This has been Mike Seibert Radio. And until next time, make good choices. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production. You cannot destroy my destiny.